Hey, what's up, guys? Today, I was joined by Paul Fitzpatrick. Paul is the broker of record for Keller Williams Home Group Realty. It's not his first time on here, but it's always a pleasure to have him join me. And today, we actually, our podcast was based off of a conversation we had where we were just kind of looking at the numbers in the beginning of the year versus now. And if we take into account the lower purchase price, but higher interest rates, and a lower down payment, is it actually more expensive to get into the same type of home today than it was earlier this year? So we answer that question. And I think the main thing here is, like Paul said, we need to look behind the curtain. So hope you guys enjoy this, grab a tea, and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome to Spilling the Tea, brought to you by Pico Mortgages. This is a podcast where we look to interview movers, shakers, hustlers, people that are inspiring, have inspiring stories, and help to push the envelope on what's possible. I am your host, Daniel Johannes, and I'm a mortgage broker, but I'm also a business owner. I've created multiple startups, including a graffiti removal business. I've done loose leaf tea, I've done kombucha, juice bars, you name it. So I've got some experience in this and I'm looking forward to these conversations that I have. If you like it, please comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Tea, a Pico podcast. I am here. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Paul Fitzpatrick of Keller Williams Home Group Realty. Paul's joining me today because we've got a lot to talk about, about the current market. Um, and Paul, you and I actually spoke a little bit about this, and we thought, let's jump on a podcast because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to put things into perspective on really what's going on in the market, is it more expensive right now to buy than it was maybe six months or, or a year ago? So, welcome back, Paul. Let's uh, let's Thank get you. into it. So, t- share with Always us what, what have you uncovered? Well, it's it's interesting because you know most people are thinking that this market is still unaffordable. It's unattainable. Interest rates have gone up and just made it even more unaffordable. But you know, when I'm looking at the number of, of uh, where the prices have gone in the city of Guelph, I, we're down almost 14% year over year um, from a from a peak that was very much at, you know, $951,000. So we've come off a big chunk in a year. Um, so for a buyer out there considering that, one, That means less down payment that they've got to come up with if they're going to go conventional financing. And two, um, they're going to need less mortgage, which means it should be easier for them to qualify for. And the interesting thing is you provided me with some numbers uh, in terms of where payments are going to be. Uh, So the, the, the experiment we did was what was that million dollar property like, you know, or $951,000 average typical home in Guelph last year. Well, that this year is now 725,000. And those payments have dropped considerably. So uh, the challenge we're seeing in the market here is that we've still got buyers that are thinking it's up here. uh, Sorry, sellers that think it's up here and buyers that that don't think the values have dropped enough for them to want to jump back in the more into, into the into the market. So it's really, really a bizarre time in the marketplace where 
you know, you've got these two sides of the equation and neither one of them are seeing the opportunity. It's true. And I think, uh, I think you hit it on the head there with, um, you know, right now I see it as a discount, um, yeah. you know, the, to, to jump in and get an, a comparable property for a heck of a lot less and then also to put less down. Um, but we, we kind of like, we have to filter out a lot of the noise, right? Because there's there's quite a bit of misinformation, I feel. Whether it's coming through from friends or family that have heard something uh, or, you know, maybe some major news articles or, or uh, media outlets that report on things that are sensational. Uh, but it's yeah. kind of the furthest thing from the truth. So, Paul, you and I actually, we put together a little thing. I'm going to put it up on the, the board here. Mm-hmm. And it's close to your... 951,000, but I think it's a little bit further off. Um, let's see if I can yeah, share I think we, it. Her illustration was at a million. Um, yeah. So you can yeah. see over here, we've got um, Guelph home prices then and now. So we used back in April, an average price. Uh, I pulled some of this data online of just over a million bucks. And yeah. if we compare that to October of um uh, you know, just last month, the average price was sitting about $775,000. Now, a lot of people talk about rate. Rate has gone up. Obviously, rate's gone up because we have an issue with getting inflation under control. And that's part of the monetary policy that the Bank of Canada and Tiff Macklem have decided, you know what, this is how we're going to get back down to sort of our target rate. So they've, they're mm-hmm. increasing in our interest rates. What does that mean? Well, back in April, the average rate interest rate we were dealing with on, on, for a fixed rate, five-year fix, was 4.09%. That's just an average. And if you look at it now, yes, it's gone up. It's gone up almost 1.5%. Actually, over the last, I'd say, week or so, we're starting to see fixed rates go down a little bit, but that's a whole different thing we can talk about uh, later. Now, if we compare that with the amount of down payment, you know, you can see there's a s- substantial amount of savings there, about 50000 less that you have to come up with, which translates into a lower mortgage amount too. So the payments are lower today than they were back in April to get a comparable house. So right. we broke it down here, 239000 lower purchase price, uh, almost 50000 less down payment, um, 191000 less mortgage. This is really big too, because paying a lot less on your mortgage means you're going to be debt-free a heck of a lot quicker. Right. And from a cash flow perspective right now, as we kind of get into an economy where things are costing a heck of a lot more, it's nice to be sitting in a place. And even though you're paying a higher interest rate for that loan, you're borrowing less, which means that your monthly payments have gone down. And it's quite considerable if we're looking at sort of the average in Guelph right now. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. That's kind of like what. you know, what we had put together there. And what are, what are you noticing right now as far as uh, as we go into November? Now we're, we're hitting November. Um, obviously, I guess the numbers haven't come out uh, right yet, but what are you noticing? Well, and that's the interesting thing. We've had, we've had the story on this for a couple of weeks now, and we've been, we've been putting it out there to our clients and our, our, our prospective buyers. And it's, it's a struggle to get them to to acknowledge the reality of that situation. It's like people are still kind of frozen in place because they're seeing that there's there's further interest rate increases pending. They're seeing they're you know they're seeing the headlines that say prices are down even more. So I think there's a lot of people thinking they're just going to time the market. Mm. 
which to me that's risky it is risky it's you know um especially if you've got to do you know if you're trying to sell and then buy in the same market it's there's no there's no advantage to trying to time it because you know if you're trying to upside upsize um yeah the the higher you go that 10 percent difference is is a bit bigger but you're taking just as much of a haircut on the sale and vice versa if you're downsizing uh, I, so I think it's it's part of it is a number of different things. One, people are, are sort of frozen by the bad news that's out there. Two, I think there's still a lot of, uh, of people that are just sort of stepping back and taking a break from everything because they, they don't know where the rest of the economy is going to go. Where's their, you know, I'm not hearing an awful lot of talk about job security yet because there's still a lot of openings in the job market but right. i just i just get a feeling that people are concerned about inflation they're concerned around a number of different areas that seems to have them frozen in place and i think they're going to miss the opportunity that's here mm-hmm. so uh, we just got to keep putting it out there that there are opportunities if, if people are interested in you know making a move on their home because i think come springtime we're going to see that uptake uptick again in the market um, you know, where prices are probably going to pop, start popping back up again. Not yeah, that the, I'm with you gonna, on that. They're going to, yeah, they're not going to go way up like they did last April. But, you know, again, if you're trying to, if you're trying to time the market, you never know where the bottom is going to be or where the peak is going to be. Um, yeah, yeah. If, the, if it makes sense, I think you make a move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, in, in this type of uh, market where a lot of the decisions that people are making right now, uh, they are based on what could or couldn't happen uh, in the future. And Mm -hmm. none of us really have a crystal ball, but we can kind of look at some of those indicators and, you know, make an informed decision on possibly what could unfold. So when I look at it, when I talk to a client that's considering, you know, they, they come to, to us looking for a pre-approval and they want to know, well, is this a good time? I, I can't say whether or not because I don't have that crystal ball, but we can look at a few things, some indicators uh, to determine whether or not, uh, you know, the, the real estate is overinflated right now. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think this is a great opportunity to get into the market because if we look at sort of a macro level of what's going on, we know that housing affordability, that's at the forefront. With the federal provincial government, we don't have enough houses, it's simply put. I, I know that, um, I believe it was a Ford government just tabled a new, what was it, uh, what are they calling it? A week ago or so, it was a, a new program that they're trying to launch. Um, and the plan is to, in the next decade, build 1.5 million homes. So it's called the Building More Homes Faster Act. So they're trying to put into play this act to say, hey, look, we've got an issue right now. It's housing and there's not enough inventory. So how do we deal with it? They've started to download this to the municipalities. The problem is municipalities are pushing back saying, well, hold on a second. Um, You're you're being very aggressive with sort of what uh, our targets are supposed to be to help with our supply issues and right now i think you're right everyone well not everyone but a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines because 
They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if they should be stockpiling toilet paper again or, or just having a wait-and-see approach, whether or not it's a good time to buy. Now, interest rates going up and inflation doesn't help the equation. But if we look at it and we say, look, there's just simply not enough housing for everyone. And just simply this, uh, this article that came out where they had stated that uh, the Ford government is downloading this to municipalities and municipalities saying, look, we can't, we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the resources. In fact, I think one article I read, Paul, it said that the average uh, for 2022, we built about 90,000 new homes. 2021, we hit 100,000. This is the first time we had 100,000. 100, With this very aggressive plan, there's a little bit of ramp up for the next 12 years in order to achieve the $1.5 million uh, housing starts that they want to see. Now, with that uh, ramp up, it means that we have to average about 250,000 new builds. When the 2021 record of 100,000, the only time we saw that was prior to that was 1987. So it's a very unrealistic goal in order to get enough housing out there to meet the current demand. And I think a lot of people, yeah, they're sitting on the sidelines waiting. And if you wait too long, in my opinion, we're going to start to see things um, accelerate again, I think, in the new year, exactly. especially now. Yeah. yeah, the Bank of Canada, they recently came out and Tim, uh, Tiff Macklem had said, um, you know, they're, they're walking, the bank is walking a fine line because they have to increase rates enough to deal with inflation. Uh, and to get us away from recession. But if they go too hard at it, then obviously it really puts a strain on Canadians. So they said things are moving in the right direction. And in fact, I think there was a quote here that Tiff said, and this was just a few days ago. He said, this tightening phase will draw to a close. We're getting closer, but we're not there yet. So what that tells me is that, look, interest rates in the way they are today Yes, they're a little bit elevated from what, where they were six months or a year ago. But it sounds like next year we could start to see those rates drop. If we don't take care of that housing issue, it's gonna, we're going to be back where we were before. Maybe not at the same prices, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a little yeah. bit more difficult. Yeah, that pressure is not going away. And when I hear you know, Cam Guthrie, our, our mayor, talking about that, They've been asked to build another 18,000 units, I think is what the government has downloaded onto them. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be challenged by that. Um, For sure. The builders, the builders right now are, have all pulled back. They've, they're waiting for material costs to come down. They're waiting for all this legislation to happen. So they've got a clear direction. And so they're already, you know, we're, we're going to be starting from behind. So. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at that and, and we, we share this kind of information with our clients who are buyers and sellers. Um, but we also temper it with, you know what, if it fits your budget, if it makes sense, you should be doing something now. Why put your life on hold for something that may or may not happen or for some perfect set of circumstances to come together? It doesn't make sense. If you can afford it, if it works for your budget, you're not overextending yourself make the move. I mean, I, I, I got to keep reminding people that real estate is the long game. You've got right. to look at it in five year 
in increments because you know it's not gonna always be like like it was in 2020 and 2021 where it's insane double digit growth yeah yeah i agree um, you know i keep showing people the graph last 60 years average five and a half six percent growth in the marketplace some years are mm -hmm. way up some years have been way down um, but you just look at the average yeah yeah and, and it's the same thing with with rates too right because people mm -hmm. are saying well rates are so high and one of the one if you can qualify for a loan and you're qualifying on a purchase price that's a lot less um you know you could you could look at a two or three year term and if you yeah. truly believe that in a few years we're going to be out of this and rates are going to be a lot lower then just get yourself to a point where you're up for renewal um when when rates are lower but yeah i i agree with you that um it's definitely you know five or six percent um year over year that that type of uh uh increases uh yeah it's it's nothing to to take lightly the the other thing i wanted to mention here paul is that i think one thing that people don't bring up and i had i actually had cam on our podcast i think okay. i mentioned to you a while ago uh, he's an old friend of mine and he did mention this is this is something that uh the city of Guelph is, is dealing with definitely is the affordability issues and uh, inventory, but skilled labor, construction workers, right? That that industry is short. They're short skilled labor. So I don't understand where the, the, the government is planning on coming out and being able to build these if simply the people, the skilled labor uh, isn't there to build yeah. these, these units. So... So it's, it's, you know, and, and you're right. And, and I think this is a typical political response in that it's let's stomp out that fire. The other one that's the embers that are about to ignite over here, whether that's the labor or immigration or all those things, hmm. we'll deal with that later. This, this is, I think we're starting to see some of the politicians wake up to the fact that we need to start thinking more in in longer term periods, more than a four year political cycle, but it's just it's it's breaking them of that habit of thinking. What have I got to get? What have I got to get accomplished in four years in this election cycle? Right. Uh, I wish they would take a bigger approach and go. Okay, all these pieces: labor, immigration, the demand for housing, um, sustainability, the environment. All those things that play a massive role in real estate but they're dealing with it piecemeal. And I don't know yeah. what the solution is to it. I, I mean, it's above my pay grade. I can sit here and play armchair quarterback all, all day long. Um, but I'd love to be part of the solution on this. And, and But it's just, it's so tough getting all the, the stakeholders and all the players together at the table and, and marching together to solve the problem. Right, it's, yeah. And it's not just housing, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I think the best we can do is sort of, you know, use the platforms that we have to let people know that, look, um, there's a lot more to this. It's not uh, it's not mm -hmm. simply just, uh, you know, well, rates are up and, and so much inventory in the market and that's it. And, and people yeah. are overpaying and, you know, you finally got it. You Canadians, you're paying too much for your housing. Um, it's just going to crash. And, and yeah, I think there's definitely everyone kind of treats all of this in a vacuum and it, it's simply that's not the way it should be and uh we got to do a better job at, yeah. at um 
at all of this. I agree. So, Paul, is your your brokerage here? You, I know you guys like you. You not only deal with Guelph, but you've got some of your agents in other areas, other markets too, right? Like Fergus, Salora, you had mentioned, um, and all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So, what are you noticing in those markets too, as far as um, inventory prices? Well, the, the, again, it's it's the prices have all pulled back in all these markets. Mm -hmm. um, we're still seeing good demand in places like Fergus and Alora, and we're still seeing a fair number of people that are still uh, that are coming from the GTA that are still interested in relocating outside the GTA, and it's not always price driven. They come out, they right. see the lifestyle that that these smaller communities have, um, and I don't know if you've. You know, when the last time was, you drove between Fergus and Alora to see the new hospital, all the new infrastructure that's gone in there. They're really putting, um, yeah. They, they've they've done a fabulous job up there. And, and I, I get why, you know, there's a lot of, of people showing interest in moving up to that area. Granite Homes mm -hmm. has this, this the big development on South River Road just outside of Fergus or between Fergus and Alora. And uh, they're putting up some beautiful homes, and, and I know, um, you know, the demand has been been fabulous for that. So those communities are growing, um, mm -hmm. and they're they're attracting people from all over the place. It's not just local growth, and and we're just going to keep seeing more and more of that. We've got I agree, yeah, yeah. We've got an office I up in Shelburne that we're seeing the same sort of thing. Yeah, that's uh, it's one of the reasons actually. You know, I I grew up in Toronto, downtown Toronto. Left from King West and and Liberty Village area, and to come out to Kitchener Waterloo, that was a big step. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just it was price driven, but it was also quality of life in in what was important for me, right? Yeah. So and as sort of like I've I've settled in here, we've noticed uh, maybe maybe we need a little bit more of this and we don't really need that and starting to look at other places too. I think the one thing that uh, definitely draws people to, to some of these other areas besides affordability, yeah, is quality of life. Uh, and for some people that have come to me and said, you know, I'm considering this, but interest rates are too high or I can't qualify. Rental rates, we can probably talk about this. For, yeah. for rental, it doesn't matter what market you're in, rents are up. Um, so yeah, what what are you seeing for rents? Rents rents are definitely up, um, no question about it. Um, you know, we're now that actually that that could be a good thing. Rents are, rent, rents going up is actually a very good thing for anyone that's looking to qualify because now, if if you could only afford let's say like a, a bungalow, but now there's a property that has a separate basement entrance, we can use that rental income to help qualify qualify you for a higher. Uh, mortgage. Not only that, but it becomes a mortgage helper too. So exactly. helps offset that cost. Yeah. yeah. And when that basement apartment in Guelph is now, you know, pushing two thousand dollars a month as a rent. Oh yeah. Um, go back to your illustration, and there's right. there's a big chunk of your mortgage payment now covered. Um, yeah. You know. So and more and more of that, and and part of that legislation we talked about earlier is. Now they're going to allow if the properties if it's the right size of property you could try you could put a third unit in there, right? So are you talking uh, like a carriage home or a? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've we, we've got it now that you can do a standalone uh, accessory suite 
outside the pro on the property, not part of the house. Uh, but now the, the Ford government is also talking about saying, okay, as a right, um, as a property owner, you have the right to sort of intensify your property so you can do a duplex or a triplex on it. Um, mm. So we're seeing, you know, that kind of legislation come out as well to sort of defeat the, the nimbyism that goes on where, you know, I don't want to see a triplex or a duplex in my neighborhood of single family homes. As the property right. owner, I, you know, I now have, the, I, I, or I will have the right to say it's residential. Um, intensification is what everybody wants. It's not a 20 story building, but you know, you will be allowed to do that. So that's going to help alleviate the problem too. But, but yeah, to your point um, on mortgage helpers, the city is usually very receptive to try to make sure that an accessory dwelling can be created done legally, done safely, and you're, you're, there's constant demand for those products. Mm -hmm. And the rents, are, the rents are very good these days. Oh, the rents are fantastic, yeah, for, for anyone that's looking to, to do that. Now, if someone wanted to do something like that, what does that have to the overall uh, property value, in your opinion, on a home? Does it help a it? Registered, it... A, a registered accessory apartment adds a ton of value because it's, it's legal, because I can now count the rent in my income uh, for right. qualifying. Um, right. You know, the city will, recognizes it. it. It might have a minor impact on your taxes, but still that, and then if you go to sell it, it just opens, it opens the market up to a much bigger pool of buyers because now you can right. attract those entry level buyers that really stretch to get in there. You attract the investors. I mean, one of the mm -hmm. things I've told all my investors over the years of doing this is, you know, if you buy a bungalow, then then look to get a duplex, put that basement unit in, because now you're you're lowering your risk that if you have a vacancy for any length of time, the property is still generating some sort of revenue. Yeah. So one of the reasons just, I kind of sorry, I was just going to say, Paul, it's one of the reasons you, you hit it on the head there that uh, I kind of moved away from investing in condos. Because to me, it was like it didn't make much sense. You know, I either have 100% vacancy or 100% tenancy. I didn't really like that. Uh, so being able mm -hmm. to diversify and say, yeah, sure, if, if you've got a, you know, a bungalow that you can convert the basement and have that as uh, offsetting your, your costs, then sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. All right. So what do you, I mean, it's hard to say what's going to happen in the future here, Paul, but I always <laughs> love jumping on these calls with you because we definitely do get an insight on what's going on, where the numbers are at. And when you reach out to me, it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's take a look at this and see where affordability, affordability is today. Like I had an idea, a general idea in my head, but putting it to paper and actually looking at those numbers and saying, wow, you know, if for me, this is all I do all day is run these numbers. But it actually surprised me too to say, "Wow, the the affordability is here," and that that um, uh, that comparison on the five year fix, I think it was four point oh nine back in April, and then yeah. mid fives right now, because of the bond market right now, bond yields are down a little bit. So we've been seeing over the last week, uh, five year fixed rates and three year fixed rates are starting to drop. That's good news. So hopefully that trend mm -hmm. continues, because uh, that just kind of pushes the needle even further into, is it a good time to buy? Heck, yeah, I think so. So I we agree. should do this again. Let's, I think we uh, just have let's, to, yeah. 
Sorry. I love that. <laughs> Go. And like I say, my, my, my parting word on this would be, we just have to look beyond the headlines. It's, it's, yes. you're right. You know, you, you look at things on the surface. If you, if you drill down, you'll find, you'll find the gold that's, that's in the market there. And I'm, you know, I am optimistic that uh, things are, are, are going to pick up again and it's going to be a healthy market. It's and vibrant. It's not going to be excessive. It'll be, I think we're in for a good, a good, healthy, normal, mm. stable market. You got it. I'm with you there too. Guys, if you want more information, uh, I'm going to leave, uh, I'll leave Paul's information below. I'm sure, uh, you know, if you guys have questions on the market, he'll be happy to help you out and guide you along the way. Also, some of the stuff we talked about today, I do have some links to articles. I'll include that below. And uh, Paul, thank you again for joining us. Uh, hope to talk to you soon on this because I think it's a really pressing issue and something that is changing so frequently that it's always good to check in with you. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you, sir. Take okay. care. You take care. Bye.